wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. I'm asked all the time what partners can do to prepare and support a gentle, pleasurable birth. And I hear many partners are enjoying our Orgasmic Birth podcast, and we wanted to have an episode just for you. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. And I am so honored today to be in Bali at the home of a dear friend and an amazing midwife, Red Miller. Red is a mother, a biodynamic midwife, an author, and creatrix of love-based birth. She helps women navigate their pregnancies with their sacred intuition and embodied love so they can connect to their magic to be fully empowered in their choices and birth with more ease and pleasure. As a biodynamic midwife, Red has guided thousands of women from around the globe to bridge the gap between the birth of their dreams and everything that's keeping them from experiencing exactly that. Red's unique approach provides women with tools to build support structures, navigate the health system they're working in, and transform their fears into positive action. This is amazing. Red has attended over a thousand births in more than 10 different countries, including Nepal, the U.S., Singapore, and in diverse settings from rice fields to Bollywood and even four babies born in a palace. I read that and went, wow, right? She's got a lot of stories for all of you today. Red works both virtually and in person and currently calls Bali her home. Red's first book that I would say to everyone required reading if you're pregnant and for all the doulas out there, mm -hmm. your book is really a guide for birth workers too, From Fear to Love. Your guide to a fearless, magical birth is available on Amazon and all major platforms. She's also creatrix of the Love-Based Birth Hive, an online app to connect parents and wellness professionals globally. It's created for the millions of women around the world who are seeking deeper connection, joy, love, and magic while becoming mothers. So Red, I am so honored to be here with you today to help you share your wisdom with our tribe all about, especially for dads, how they can move from fear to love. So welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me, Deborah. It's such an honor to be here and also with your orgasmic birth community. And how special to have you at my hand. I know, really. We've been meeting each other every time I come to Bali for almost 10 years now. It's really been a journey and it's something I look forward to every time. So today, this time- We had a few year pause. Yeah. So it's nice to be back at it again. That's for sure. I really, the whole world, right? All of us had those gaps, but being back now, and this is our first kind of live with a guest in person. So thank you all for joining us. 
can you talk a little bit to our dads and partners that feel fear and that seems to be the cultural norm, right? So often once we know that someone's pregnant and we're supporting them, there's a lot of fear that comes up. So yeah, how do you work with them? Yeah, I feel so blessed because I am a very passionate home birth midwife. So I work with dads who are anyways thinking differently and families that are a little bit out of the system. But then I'm also a super passionate birth preparation and educator. So I also work with a lot of dads and families who are birthing in hospitals and working within the system. And I, I always see that the trend is so much the same in that dads really just want to be included. I feel like they want to be informed and when they do feel included and they know what to do and they feel informed, they actually become the most amazing advocates. Like it's whether it's home birth dads or hospital birth dads or birth center dads or any dads, I always get the feedback later that in Singapore, for example, where the dads become like the guy in the office, like around the water cooler where like the pregnant women, he's the guy that the pregnant women go to because he's been so informed and become so impassionate about his own birthing journey and his family that often he's the one that starts to say, do you have a doula yet? To the to his colleagues in the office and then explaining things to them. And yeah, I, I feel so lucky to have seen so much in my career, how much even the most kind of shy and timid dads when they're given the chance just become so passionate and become such big advocates. And obviously, depending on what setting you're in, advocacy looks so different. Uh, but yeah, I'm really inspired by dads. So when we had the idea of talking about dads, I was like, yes, I feel like it's one of my superpowers a little bit in the love-based birth classes is just really inspiring dads about when you take the time to become a triad in your family and you get aligned and in the values that you're wanting to create for your birth. And when that alignment comes in, it just affects every aspect. It affects every aspect of the relationship and then the postpartum relationship and the family dynamic moving forward. And I had this dad in Singapore recently who we decided to have a baby together quite late, their second baby. It was, they were about four, 34 weeks and they pivoted from hospital to home. And we had a lot of conversations about co-responsibility and how it is similar, but how it is very different. And we had a really incredible birth together. And in one of our love-based birth gatherings in Singapore recently, he was one of the dads there and we were going around and giving introductions and he said, Making the decision that we made together in that aligned way with how we were going to welcome our baby at home, he said, that will forever be the clearest, strongest, most intuitive decision I've made in my life. And it's changed everything. And I just felt, wow, this is the power of birth also for dads and for partners. And when we think about how much 
moms are lacking care and lacking information. It's like the dads is, it's just the same for them. And actually it could be even so much more intense. So I believe so strongly that our role as, well, my role as a midwife and as an educator is so much about bringing the family together and helping them to find that alignment and hand-holding sometimes dads even more than the moms, right? Because so often the moms, like, they know what they want. They're reading all the books. They're seeing all these amazing, like, their Instagram feed is filled with these amazing birth stories. And and dads are just a bit like, what is this you want to do? So I really see that giving the opportunity to get informed and like for home birth dads, it's always like that, right? Like moms are like, okay, I've seen all these amazing home births and water births on Instagram. And this is what feels right to me. And like my heart is there and my gut is saying this is right for our family. And dads always meet me and have the same first question. What is that? And they always say, but is this safe? And it's like, they have this, that is the role of the dad is to be the protector of the family and to take on that role of, of care and responsibility. And, and I just love so much that as soon as we start, like he's given himself the space and the opportunity by having the visits. Right. And then he starts asking the questions and what if this happens and what if that happens? And we go through it slowly. And then I always see it's always the same where they start like relaxing more in their chair when this like smile comes. And so there's a little bit closer to the partner and they're just like, oh, this this actually sounds okay. And for me, I see like I, I've been in Asia and India and around in this region for a few decades almost now. And, um, and working in Singapore, for example, I work with so many families like last week, hi, (laughs) last week I was in Singapore, this is my son, and within one prenatal clinic day, it's Mm. like, I've seen a family from Malaysia, a family from Indonesia, a Singaporean family, a French family, a Spanish family. So seeing like the range of diversity and then seeing there's so much diversity, but but it actually boils down to the same thing, like culturally and like language. And there's so many differences, but actually it comes down really to the same thing. I love that. And I love how you're saying too, that the dads are the protectors, right? Dads that are listening, I'm sure that resonates with you, right? And needing to have those questions of what does safety look like and, and how can they create that safety? So like, I'm still in the other story too of the dad that this was a life-changing experience. Birth is a day you'll never forget and to be together on that decision. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you feel help fathers in coming to that piece? How do they find that movement from that fear to just love in any setting? Yeah. I think it's about really acknowledging dads also have fears and as women we have we have limited spaces somehow to talk about this but we have 
so many more spaces than dads do. So I think, how do dads get to build their own community? How do they build their own teams? How do they seek out those other dads or those places where they might be able to be able to be, share really openly about what is making them nervous? And I think often that comes from the birth support. It can come from the birth support team, right? So the midwives, the doula, dads having the courage to say, this is what I'm thinking about. What if we do it? What are we going to do in this instance? Help me to understand. And for me, I always explain to dads, like when it comes to home birth, like I'm incredibly risk averse. So I have a lot of like analysts and bankers and they're like, you're totally risk averse. I'm like, are you kidding? I don't want anything to go wrong. So let's do all the things that means that it's going to look like that. So I think sometimes there's this idea that if we're midwives and if we're doing home birth, we have to be really radical and really rebels and push the parameter. And I'm, I'm like, if that doesn't work for you, hopefully find a midwife who's maybe more like, yeah, I'm a rebel and renegade, but I'm also very risk averse. So that can be really reassuring. But so the information, I think, like in the love-based birth classes, for example, we, we really focus on helping dads to see how they can support the changing body of the mom and really understanding, wow, during pregnancy, the, how quickly everything changes is her posture is changing. And so we get into really practical, of course, we're practicing like hip squeezes as part of birth preparation. But it's always, don't do this and then go home and forget about it until labor. This is becoming your weekly practice. So working with how to stretch. So teaching him ways that he can help her to stretch, teaching optimal baby positioning and things that he can do to help. And then we really get into, I'm really good, really big on massage. So I get dads doing a massage. Awesome. Minimum three times a week, 15 minutes minimum on each side. And then it becomes their ritual as far as talking about the day, how did the day go, or if they're watching Netflix, like he can be productive at the same time and working out those glute muscles and all of the, the ligaments and everything that gets so tight and the sacrum and the butt. So we do a lot of butt massaging and I'm always like, you put these hours in now and your birth will be totally revolutionized because yes. her whole her pelvic floor will be more open, her glutes, the legs, the, all of the attachments. So explaining really the pelvis and dads just love it because I always see them leave and they feel like standing a little bit taller and like, wow, I know what to do now. I yes. know that I can really get in there and I don't have to be worried. And we do like belly massage and I see just really from every background and every culture when dads have a chance to become inspired. And another thing that I feel that is so important for the dads is helping them to understand the why. So when we, I think, again, for us women, we know why gentle birth is important. We know why for us and for our babies, if we have as little intervention as possible, we're going to come out the other side feeling the most whole and the most whole, essentially, right? And for dads, I feel that when we start going into microbiome and so for the baby how coming through the vagina is so important 
how birth interventions, we look at a lot of the research and we look at how birth interventions can increase the child's long-term health challenges as far as eczema and metabolic disorders and asthma. And that's what I feel like is always, it's, we got to get the why down before we start talking about the how to. So if dads are like, I often have in the love-based birth preparation classes, the dads who are second time or third time dads. And actually anger is a really normal and common emotion that I see because they're like, I've already had two babies. How come I didn't know this? this? How come I didn't know that this stuff was so important and that, you know, that vacuum or that Pitocin or that epidural or whatever it is, we just didn't have the information. And we went to five different birth preparation classes or something, or we had an obstetrician or we had this amazing team, but nobody was sharing the risks. So I think just breaking down information and then when it comes into the advocacy, like in the hospital, dads have the exact same feeling, I think, often as the moms have afterwards, which is, I didn't know I was allowed to, or I didn't know that I could. I didn't know that I could say no. And it's like, as soon as we get into these really unfamiliar environments, right? Like the hospitals also for men, it's so easy for them to just hand over and start backing up and backing up. And then so much happens in the relationship dynamic, right? That needs to be unpicked later because now mom is feeling abandoned. Now he is feeling like helpless, like he couldn't help. And now everybody is on the other side of this really big experience, which was supposed to bring the family together. And they're all feeling like frazzled and fragmented and and broken apart from each other. And I just love how you said that, Red, because I think I see that as a dueler. We see that a lot. And there are studies showing that when medical professionals enter the room, often partners, especially dads, do tend to step back, feeling like they have the authority and the knowledge. And you presented so well for dads. And I really hope you're listening and get your why, understand the why, then the how, get that knowledge. And then that ability that you work with partners and all women birthing and birthing people to really understand advocacy, because learning that this is your birth and your body and your baby and your power, and you're right, no matter how birth goes, when you stay together in that, right? So you said that so beautifully. Like, I just am so touched by Mm. how your love-based birth really brings that together. Mm. So I'd love to ask, like, in the actual labor and birth, Do you have a tip for dads? Yeah. Most dads, I think when they are prepared and all of that, the early labor stuff at home, they do really well. I think the biggest thing is really if you're planning to birth in the hospital, how are you planning to advocate when you get there? And I call it the gatekeeper role. I'm like, nobody gets to her except through you. So are you prepared to walk in and say, Please direct all your questions to me. She is busy. She's maybe in rock and roll labor. She's maybe in transformation. Her only business to do is breathe and wear headphones and just ignore the world. 
you got to take care of everything else, right? So the questions, is she allergic to anything? What time did her labor start? What did she eat last? Like dads, you got to know all this stuff. And when, when questions start to go back to moms, you scoop them back in and you're like, I'm, I'm the one that can take care of all of this. And I'm really used to working in Singapore in a way where it is most people have private health care. So they are able to, you know, they've chosen the obstetrician that they're with. They've chosen the hospital. And, but in many contexts, I just remind them, you're basically a consumer of a service. You're a consumer of a service. And it might feel very strange and uncomfortable, that room. So let's talk about the room and get comfortable with it. But you are paying a lot of money for a service. So if you're not getting what you want, ask for a new nurse. Ask for somebody else. Take them outside the room and say, you remember how we talked about how if she wants pain relief, she'll ask you for it. Please don't come in and offer it every five minutes. Take them outside the room. Take the lead. Take the responsibility to be able to safeguard her space and deal with all of the people. Because there can be a lot of different actions, interactions, and a lot of different people in the hospital setting, right? So that's one thing that we spend a lot of time on getting clear. And then another role we talk about a lot is the interior designer. So I'm like, Dad, you're the interior designer. I like that. Know where everything is in that birth bag packet. When I've been in the hospital and mom's like heavy labor and dad's like, where's the birth plan? And like, where's the music? Did you pack the speakers? And it's, sure is, Desiree. That's your job. So pack the bag, know where this stuff is, take your responsibility so that you can, you know, women are always looking for that, I feel like. And this is maybe not a conscious thing. It may be on a very unconscious level, but we're looking a little bit for that caretaking, that knight in shining armor. And sometimes dads are actually never going to get it right. If the mom is like prepping him the whole pregnancy, I don't want an epidural. I don't want an epidural. When I ask you, like, say no, distract me. And then if that happens, that can be really difficult on a relationship. Yes. I have one couple that I work with that they have been in counseling for so long because the mom was like, he was a very linear thinker. And she had a posterior baby. She had a very difficult labor. She wanted help and she put her hand up for help and he said no. And he had taken it. He's a very literal thinker. And he, she had said to him for nine months, I don't want interventions. Stop me when I ask. And it ruined their marriage yeah. and they didn't want to have a second child. He was trying to honor her wishes, but they forgot to build in a certain amount of flexibility. Yes. And then the other is true, right? Where it's, I'm ready for the epidural. I can't do this. And so then dad's anesthesiologist. And then it's done. And then a mom has her baby 45 minutes later. And she's like, that was so gross. Like, if you would have just helped me more, I could that bad. So in a way, dads, you also have to be prepared. I think there's so much like ego swallowing and there's nothing personal going on. But laboring women are so big and just to be able to leave our I don't know leave our egos a little bit at the door and be able to turn up and be like okay I'm here and what and you're the queen and whatever you need I'm just here and that's going to change every five minutes and now you want me to massage you and now you don't want me to massage you and it's okay just like finding that alignment prenatally 
talking about, we talk about safe words when you get to that place where you really do need help or just, yeah, how do you bring people on your team that can help you to to get more and more aligned so that you can move through such a big, huge experience in both of your lives and be able to feel like you were a team and you were making decisions together. And for women to be able to feel like our person was right there in the trenches with us. Oh, and it feels like that sometimes and really speaking up and there's nothing more juicy and sacred and delicious about that than in the, as we begin to reflect after the birth and look back and And actually, I think one more thing that speaking of reflecting and looking back that I see with Deb, I'm working with a family who's having a second baby or a third baby. I always do the birth debriefs, the ones before, right? And so I think if you don't have that like mediator person, it's so important to take the time to be like, okay, what works really well? for us, right? And what can we improve on? What did you like about my support? What was hard for you? What do you want me to do, try better at this time? And so even those conversations, they just create so much space after a difficult birth to be able to not have to repeat that cycle again, but to be able to actually create something that's totally different and that's so much more pleasurable, right? For everybody. Wow. You gave so many nuggets. I knew you would yeah. read it. So much wisdom that you have. And for everyone listening, I know that you're going to want to get in touch and learn more about Red's program. So can you tell us where people can find you and about your books and classes? Yeah, sure. Thank you. So Love-Based Birth, you can find We're so ready for a huge website update and all of this thing. So it's there, but it can, it needs some love. I also have a vibrant pregnancy program, which is midwifery care online in a group setting. So we do all like pregnancy optimization. We look at blood work. We do supplements. We do food. We do mindset. We do lots of fear work. That's vibrantpregnancy.com. And then Instagram, of course, red underscore Miller underscore midwife. And love-based birth is also on Instagram as well. Instagram as well. So if wherever you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube, go down. The links are right there. And we'd love to hear from you. So please tag us, put a post up. What are some of the nuggets that you're taking away? And dads, we'd really love to hear from you. I hope this was really supportive and has your juices flowing on all the ways that you can work together for a more pleasurable birth. So thank you so much, Red. Oh, really? It's what a pleasure. Such a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Subscribe.